This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Really cool because it's like I'm not only a gymnast, I'm paying the person who's you know, being recognized for these other things I'm interested in currently. For me, it was like that athlete mentality of, if you're not working hard enough, you're not gonna get there. Like, I don't believe in myself as much. Like, I'm not working hard enough. And I was working really hard, but I had to remind myself, you know, it's a little bit of timing, a little bit of luck. It's all baby steps. And I had to be proud of myself every single day for just little things that I did. Let's take a breath. Hey guys, I'm Sydney Litwako and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am recording from my house. I'm home. It has been a long two months, two almost two and a half months away. I was on tour, if you're just tuning in now, and I'm finally back after a two and a half month stint of being away. So all I can say is it feels amazing, and I am very happy to be back in the comfort of my own home. Uh, today, we have an incredible guest on. We have Peng Peng from TikTok. Her account is Peng Peng Sealy. If you're not familiar with her, she is very well known for her artistry and the way that she makes her videos. She's really good at transition. She overall just has a very fun and welcoming demeanor, and you can feel that from her, what she puts out, and her page, and all of those things. Um, and I just love her energy and the way how well-spoken she is, and how much she cares for her community and what she's building online. Um, This space, as I've said before, is not going away. And I I would love for you out there to be able to utilize it. So I love bringing on people like Ping who know a lot about apps like TikTok and social media and for you to see how they've utilized it for their own work and their own gain and how you guys can do the same. So we obviously talk a lot about her being a creator and how she utilizes her platform and how she grew and all kinds of really great tips around creating content. But what I love about her is her mindset and how she approaches what she does and what she makes. She is from, she's a former gymnast. She almost made it to the Olympics, but she had a really horrible back injury and that took her out of gymnastics. And what's interesting is now that she's 
no longer in that field of gymnastics. She's taking all of that she's learned, her mindset, her work ethic, and that strength that she found in gymnastics and is now applying that to what she does now. So besides being a TikToker, she's a singer, performer, dancer, actor. But I love this conversation because one, I could relate to a lot of it. I'm currently going through this transition, as we always are, of potentially one chapter of my life coming to a close or shifting and how that's affecting me mentally and learning how I can take all the things that I've learned from my career in dance and my time in dance and either find a way to incorporate it in some way into my life moving forward or find a way to close that chapter and how I can still feel that fulfillment and the things that I gained from dance, but in a different form. So that might be me being creative. It might be social media. It could be this podcast. I'm not really sure at the moment, but I definitely can relate to that transition period. And I'm sure a lot of you out there have gone through that in some way, whether that's with moving through jobs or wanting to change roles or wanting to try something new. And that in-between period of feeling everything being new and you're not really being an expert at that new thing or you feel almost out of place because you're not where you want to be yet and you're not fully sure of where that place even is. So if that's something you can relate to, I think you're going to relate to a lot of this episode. Pang went through a lot of transitions. She said something in the episode about that first step is the hardest and not being afraid to take that first step and not judging that first step if it doesn't become what you think it's going to be. Every step counts, whether it's in a different path, whether it's in a different direction, or whether it leads you literally nowhere and you're going in a circle. As long as you take a step, you're moving in a direction. So I think you guys are going to get tons out of this episode. She's so easy to listen to and was a great interview. And I think you guys will definitely enjoy this one. So if you feel like you know someone that should hear this episode who can relate to paying, maybe someone who wants to be a creator, maybe someone who's in the gymnastics field, or maybe someone who's going through some type of transition, I would highly recommend you sharing this one with them. Um, Besides that, my something to share So like I said at the beginning, tour just ended. I was dancing on it for two and a half months. I was I had done tour right at the beginning of the pandemic or right before the pandemic started. And we were we were about one month in and then it got shut down. So we didn't we thought we were gonna be shut down for two weeks and it ended up being two years, which a lot of us remember that time. We'll never forget quarantine. But I think because it felt so cut short, I really wanted to do the show again if it was to come back around. What was interesting though, comparing the tour this time to last time, last time I was a single girl, last time I was fresh off the, I was fresh off the show and was in that world. So it was such an exciting time and it just really made sense for me to do something like being on tour. This time I was engaged. I'm living with Nick now and it was definitely a different experience doing this two years later and no longer single and having this almost new life than what I had before, but going back to the same thing I was doing before. It almost felt, I don't want to say going backwards, but it was a weird time warp. And I think I wanted to do it because I wanted a little piece of my life that I had before the pandemic or what I thought that it was like. But from doing it, I realized I 
I'm not that same girl anymore. And it wasn't the same exact experience. I had a wonderful time. It was incredible to tour the country and see all the amazing things. Um, But it definitely took a toll on my body, my health, and a lot of things. I'll give you an example. Uh, It was two and a half months and we just finished this past weekend. And the last like four days of tour, I was not feeling very well. I just felt very off. And with going to a different city every day, you always just feel like a little run down. You're not getting great sleep. You're sleeping on a bus. So you're not sleeping fully. You're sleeping around like eight other people. It's hard to create a daily routine. It's hard to feel like you're in a comfortable environment because you wake up each day. You don't know what food you're eating that day. You don't know what exercise you're going to get, if any. You don't know what room you're going to be in. You don't know what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like. And I didn't realize how much that was affecting me health-wise until it blew up in my face because the last four days, I got very, very ill. Luckily, the day I got the most sick, I had a day off. So I was able to... (laughs) hit rock bottom physically and then pull myself back up for the show. I had a really bad stomach bug. It wasn't COVID. Um, I had a really bad stomach bug and it knocked me on my ass literally. And luckily I was able to, I called a doctor from my bed. I I did like a video call. Highly recommend doing that. ZocDoc has that. Um, I did a video call and I was able to get antibiotics and get myself together. But I was on well, and then we had to leave on the bus that same night at 4.30. So I had a horrible day of be getting sick and then had to pull myself together again on the bus. It was not great. And then we had the show the next day. So I was very deprived of fluids and nutrients and energy, but still had to figure out how to perform. Was not my best show ever, but we made it through. And then I ended up getting sick again the next day for our final show, and I was super ill. And Becca looked into getting IVs for us which luckily helped me, revived me enough for me to get through that final show, which is not the way you want to end something. You want to end on the highest note. You want to feel like you climbed the mountain, you made it to the top, you accomplished it. But I was really just coasting by at the end. So I think what this taught me, I mean, this tour taught me a lot of things. I learned a lot, both Nick and I from being long distance and all of that. But I think what it taught me is that you really have to always keep taking care of yourself. I think I didn't realize how stressed out I was during the process and it definitely got to me. I was stressed about not being home. It was a naturally stressful environment from staying up really late, from not eating as healthy as I normally do or really not healthy at all, from eating late, um, from not getting good sleep, from not getting good nutrients and all of the things that you need, from not getting great exercise. I was not taking care of myself and it definitely took a toll. So I would just say my something to share is we have to take care of ourselves. We have to do the bare minimum, at least. We have to always be doing what we can to stay healthy. And we can't ignore those warning signs. So if you're feeling off, if you feel like run down, if you feel exhausted, that is a good sign to take a break. That is a good sign to take a step back. That's a good sign to rest and reset. And it's okay. I had to take a week off from over a week off from working out. And that's not something I normally do, but my body was asking for. I mean, I was even like losing weight during the time of tour and I'm currently not at the best health. So now I'm fully aware of it. And I just realized how much stress can take a toll on your body and your life. And I just wanted to share that because I know we're all so stressed out. I know there's so much going on. I know 
There's always things that are calling us to do them. But if you are on empty, you got to take a step back. You got to delegate. You got to find a way to at least take care of yourself first before you do all the things that you are needing to do. Put your oxygen mask on first, as they say. But yes, I am back home. I feel so much better now. Well, not that, not really. Now I'm breaking out in hives, so I'm still dealing with some health stuff, but I'm at least aware of why this happened and what I need to do to get myself to a better place. So I'm, I'm doing that. I ordered my vitamins. I'm getting more sleep. I'm taking it easy as I ease back into exercise and all of that good stuff. But take care of yourselves, you guys. I hope you enjoy this episode with Pang. I think you're going to love it. Please share it with a friend, family, anyone like that. Like us on social media and Apple Podcast. And I always love a good five-star review because it makes my week. You guys are the best. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Ping. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Peng, welcome to the podcast. I am so happy to meet you. We are sitting here with the same exact hairstyle, yes. so I already feel like we're going to align on a lot of things today. Um, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> oh, do you watch The Bachelor? I do. <laughs> oh my God, yes. I love that. Well, we'll have a lot to talk about there too. Yes. Um, for my listeners that might not know of you or might not know of you yet. Can you give me a little background on what you do, who you are, maybe even where you came from, all that good stuff? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Canada, and I grew up doing a ton of sports and a ton of different activities. But I initially chose gymnastics, and I had been doing gymnastics ever since I was four years old. I went on to compete when I was eight years old, and I ended up being on the national team, Canadian national team when I was 11. So I started competing internationally at World Cups and different events at a really young age. And from there, I've had a lot of ups and downs with injuries. So I was kind of back and forth in the sport a little bit, especially during puberty. That was a big um, window for me to rest my body and um, come back after post-injury at that time. But when I did come back, I immediately fell in love with college gymnastics and I had the opportunity to come down to UCLA and check out the campus. So before I um, went on to do college gymnastics, I actually ended up competing and taking a year off after high school and pursuing the Olympics. And the Olympics has always been my dream. So I wanted to really dedicate that time to make sure I was able to go after what I always wanted to do ever since I was a young girl. And I was a year too young for the 2008 Olympics. So 2012 was my time. <laughs> it was my time to shine. But um, unfortunately, right before the Olympics, I tore my ACL. So again, I had a lot of injuries during my gymnastics career. And 
unfortunately wasn't able to compete, but Team Canada saw me as an important leader, especially during that time when we qualified to the Olympics. And so they invited me to be their team captain for the 2012 Olympics. So I got to get all the gear. I got to go still. And it was absolutely amazing. It was a bittersweet experience, of course, but I was just so honored to go. And then after um, I competed for Team Canada, I went on to UCLA and had, again, a very rocky road with injury. But in my last final year, I graduated with 10 perfect tens and a national championship. So that was my gymnastics career. Now we're on to doing entertainment stuff. So my life's definitely been a nice, fun roller coaster so far. Wow. You've lived like 30 lives all before like the age of 18, it seems like. That is much, yeah. <laughs> gymnasts in general are just like like superheroes. I just I think you guys are incredible. I mean, I grew up dancing, so I totally get the life of like mm-hmm. dedicating everything to that thing or to what you do. And I can't imagine going through all those injuries and all those ups and downs and like what you probably were going through to keep your body in check, but also yes. like your mental in check in order to like keep picking yourself back up and keep going for it. So I can only imagine that you have a lot of great qualities that kept you going all of those years. That's very impressive. I want to get into all of that. Absolutely. And now you're doing all this amazing content stuff. And it's it's just really cool to see someone that has like gone in all these different directions. Thank and you. I love that. Um, but before we get into all of that, thank you for that intro. Let's get into the first initial questions. And I threw this at you at the beginning, but I always ask these two questions. The first one is anything that you could share from your either nightstand surprising or with an interesting backstory. So yes. Ping, what do you have? I So I actually have my little championship ring here. I don't know. If you, it's not little. It's, it's actually really big. <laughs> it's like yeah. super heavy, but this is on my... Um, my dresser in my room and my ring stands there and it's a nice reminder of, Oh yeah, like I did that back in the day. (laughs) I'm almost four years graduated now. So it's a fun little thing that I love to have. I, I am too scared to wear it (laughs) out in public. So Mm -hmm. I'll wear it out very cautiously, (laughs) but this is my championship ring. It's if you want to take a look at it, but it has my name on it. The year we won and I'm very proud of this spring that sits on my yeah. um, dresser. I mean, that, that's like years of hard work and time yes. and energy and all into that ring. That's amazing. Um, I'm wondering then with you like giving it up or like going through those ups and downs before we get into my, last, my next question, um, how did you keep putting yourself into gymnastics, if that makes sense? Because yeah. when you have injuries like that and like you have to like quit or take breaks and, you know, go in and out of it, like how did you like – hype yourself back up essentially to go back and keep trying. Yeah. I, it's funny because I actually quit gymnastics. So I started when I was four and I absolutely loved it until I got invited to do a competitive program when I was five. And then I ended up quitting when I was seven because I absolutely hated it. We were only mm-hmm. doing conditioning. I wasn't learning any skills. And I think for like a little kid, all you want to do is just play. And it was a little too yeah. serious for me, but Um, at that time, my parents, my parents are awesome and they always loved keeping us busy. So we had to do a bunch of camps. So I did everything from like pottery camp to theater camp, to cartoon camp, to, um, tennis camp, golf camps. I did every camp possible. (laughs) And that kind of kept me busy and it helped motivate me to continue gymnastics in a way. So when I was eight years old, there was a local gym. I moved cities and there was a gym that my mom said, you know, do you want to try it again? Cause it's so close to our house. And I ended up, you know, signing up for gymnastics. And I said, only if it's for fun. And I started competing. I started getting routines and I absolutely fell in love with the sport. 
And during the times when I was competitively competing, I was training around 25 plus hours a week ever since I was 10. And I didn't have a ton of time for extracurriculars, but for me, if I put so much focus on gymnastics, I would have gone crazy. (laughs) I think for my mentality, I would have just gone crazy. So for me, it was important to keep everything in the gym, in the gym. And then when I was excited to talk to my parents about it and all that stuff, but I still had a big and huge love for singing and music. So it was awesome because when I was injured and even when I was still training, I could do singing lessons on the side or piano lessons on the side. And they were like half an hour every Friday. So it wasn't that much you know, time out of my day. And I absolutely loved that because it was like something that made me happy, that got my mind off everything. And it was, it just made my heart so warm and full. And when I was injured during high school, I actually took a full year off high school and I wasn't allowed to run, jump, um, do any physical activity because my back was so bad. And the doctor actually said like, you could become paralyzed waist down if you continue to do gymnastics or any sport. So I said, okay, let's cancel all everything. And I ended up um, telling my mom, you know, like I was really upset and she was just saying, well, now this is a great time to be a regular kid, like go hang out with your friends and go all do the high school thing. And I ended up signing up for an acting lesson every Sunday. So that kind of kept me busy. It wasn't physical. Um, and it just kept my, again, my passion and brain going for other things. And my parents always say like, even if you can't do something, there's always something you can do. And I've taken that mentality throughout my entire life, especially when I'm injured. So if I'm injured, say my ACL surgery, it's like, okay, I can't do leg stuff, but I can get my upper body super strong or my mental training really strong. So I'm always trying to look for the silver lining, even if it's a really upsetting time. <laughs> I try to look for the positive in a situation all because of my parents and my coaches too. I love that. I think that's really inspiring. And I think that's a really great point that you can kind of apply to any or anyone can apply to life. Like mm-hmm. if their like job isn't working right now, or if they're like in between something or if they're like all of their eggs are in that one basket, yeah. it seems like you kept your eggs like spread out and it helps you to like light yourself up in all these different ways. So mm-hmm. I, I love that you do that. And I think it's from what I've seen, it plays into what you do now, which is really cool. Yes. One more question before we move on to the rest. Um, anything that's been on your heart or mind lately? It could be related to your work or just really anything that's been on your heart or mind. Honestly, I think that's been on my heart recently is just putting out great intention. And I think, you know, this world, there's a lot of really interesting things happening. And, you know, everyone goes through life differently and life, life hits you hard. <laughs> Sometimes life just hits you really hard and you see things that it's really difficult, but at the same time, I just want to put out the energy that I want to receive. And I think that's been really um, on my heart recently because even with friends and family and people who I meet, I just want to put out great intention because I am not an angry person. I'm not like, you know, um, it's an interesting world out there. And for me, I just want to be myself and honor myself and not try to be anybody else. But again, doing things respectfully, honestly, and with great intention. So that's been on my heart recently. Has there been an intention that you've been setting for yourself lately that's been helping you or, or is it just like showing up feeling like yourself? My intention is just to do things that make me happy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there's situations where you can get uncomfortable and you try to be somebody maybe you're not, but at the same time, put out a facade that doesn't make you happy and it really is uncomfortable. And I think as I've gotten older, 
I used to be a very people person, um, not people person. Mm -hmm. I used to be a very yes person. And I used to say yes to everything. I did a people pleaser. I did not want to disappoint anyone. And now I don't look at it as, oh, they don't like me or, you know, maybe what what if they don't like me? It's more, you know, I'm I'm me. I'm putting out everything that you see on the table. And if you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't, but that's okay. But at least, you know, we can respect one another. And I think the respecting is a huge thing that I've recently um, held close to me and just saying, you know, I don't have to be anybody else, but if I'm myself, honestly, and I respect, you know, the people, our differences, then we can respect one another and still have that great intention out there and it would be very positive instead of people trying to be something that they're not. That is a really great way to like show up in any aspect of life. Yeah. I'm sure it's difficult on because you are a very big person on social media, especially lately, which is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, congratulations. I'm sure it's tough though to like go into maybe making a video or putting out content and having like one intention feel like you're showing up, but then it getting like misunderstood in a way. Have you oh, yeah. run into that at all? 100%. With- okay. <laughs> well, I remember I did a video and it was just uh, me mouthing the words and it was kind of like a little acting video. And I ended up doing a behind the scenes of like what I actually do and what I sound like. And I was speaking the words because in acting, you know, if you're going to do lip syncing or whatever, you, you you would like to project um, the words so it sounds more realistic. And I remember these people were just coming at me, just saying like, oh my God, this is so awkward. And like, um, how embarrassing, like I have secondhand embarrassment. And I was just thinking in my head, like, it doesn't even matter what you guys think because this is a professional level, like mentality. In in my (laughs) opinion, like, you know, when you look at real actors and those people, like they put their full and 110% effort. And I think um, you, you would understand with dance, like it's kind of like an athlete's mentality. Like you put 110% mm-hmm. effort into it. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, um, when I do put my videos out, I love to make sure that I love the video before I put it out. And again, so if anyone says anything, you know, it's like, I love it. <laughs> so no one can touch me because I love it. So, and you know, um, it's great because a majority of my fans are amazing. So they've been super supportive and I think they, um, can see if I, if I love it, then, you know, they can tell that they, you know, that they love it as well. <laughs> it's, I mean, 4.8 million or whatever. Love it. Thank so you. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good sign. Um, I want to ask too, before we get fully into your content creation, like with you deciding to quit gymnastics or, I mean, I guess it was kind of decided for you with injury, but like, mm. Is there ever like a moment where you're like, oh, I missed that part of it? Or was it ever hard for you to like fully mo- move on from it? Or have you felt like you were able to take your energy and your what you put into gymnastics into other things fully? Yeah, that makes sense. So I had a super sweet ending. Even though I had a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. I ended gymnastics on an amazing note. And so mm-hmm. I ended gymnastics after I graduated college. So a lot of gymnasts from college, we, we retire. <laughs> it's like a nice way of saying, you know, the chapter is closed. We can't really further mm-hmm. continue. Uh, my body was pretty broken after gymnastics. So I didn't want to do um, anything that was like too rigorous um, anymore. And I had, I felt like I had my Olympic dream. And to me, it wasn't really about competing at the Olympics, but I was able to experience that. And I already qualified team Canada to the Olympics. And I, you know, did the whole international thing, but the way I graduated, I ended up competing only two events at national championships. And I just wanted to have fun in my last gymnastics meet ever. And I knew that. And it was super nerve wracking because I was, 
um, really nervous to get on these events, but I looked at my coach and my teammates and I said, you know what, I'm just going to have fun, soak in the moment (laughs) and really enjoy myself. And I ended up scoring two perfect tens on both the events that I competed, which was insane. And then with my final perfect 10 on beam, um, it ended up winning us a national championship. So it was like the sweetest ending ever. I could not dream of a better ending. And Mm -hmm. it was just the perfect way for me to close that chapter of gymnastics with all the injuries, all the hard work. I was able to just allow myself to be free and have fun in those last meets. And I ended up doing the best routines of my life to end my career. And now Mm -hmm. um, I definitely miss being on a team. Like I miss my teammates, missing everybody every single day, even college, (laughs) missing all my friends every single day. But um, the way I see it, because I miss performing mostly, Mm -hmm. performing to me is kind of now in entertainment. So this is kind of where I've been interested in acting and singing. And this is kind of my new form of um, performing that I've always wanted to do. I just never had time to. So I'm almost living like a second dream right now. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's the ideal situation for an athlete or a performer is to have that like grand last finale, that yes. like, final bow, essentially. I think that goes to show too for like the way that you showed up for that last meet mentally with like just having fun. I think that makes a huge difference because when yeah. I, in the past for me, if I put like huge pressure on anything, I end up like falling on my face or mm-hmm. something goes really wrong. But if I'm just like, no, I'm just going to have fun, live in the moment, it always changes everything. So yeah, I think that's a great example of that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I have one more gymnastics question just because I'm just curious because yes. this has been like a huge thing in like the gymnastics world lately, the spins or the twisties or yes. all of that stuff. Did you ever experience that? And like, what is that? Is it more mental? Is it more physical? Explain that to me. Cause I just, now that yeah. I'm curious. I've 100% <laughs> experienced it. It's, it's funny. Cause I was trying to explain it to someone who doesn't do gymnastics. And so when you're a gymnast, you flip and twist in the air. And sometimes when you're learning new skills or you've done it for so long, Sometimes you're, it's just like a brain fart. (laughs) So you could be doing like, get in the air and thinking you're doing one thing, but your body's actually doing something else. And it gets really scary. Like I remember flipping and twisting and all of a sudden I saw the ceiling (laughs) and I'm like, where am I? I don't know where I am in the world. And you just kind of land and you're lucky if you land safely. And you know, most people don't land as safely, but the only thing I could relate it to was like writer's block. Like, you know how to write, you know how to speak every single day you write, you speak, but then all of a sudden you get to the paper and your brain just fogs up and you don't even know where to start. It's kind of, kind of similar, but the paper was kind of attacking you (laughs) and there was, (laughs) you could die (laughs) injury involved. That's kind of how I explained it. Mm, Okay. So I'm sure you got what that whole thing was then with Simone and all of the gymnastics stuff. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, I can understand why you'd want to take a break from something like that because you could literally die. It's definitely not the same as writing a book, but I get what you mean. Especially when you're competing too, it's scarier because you don't have the safe Mm -hmm. equipment. So, and especially when you're at the Olympics or international level, there's no foam pit, there's no, um, big mats, you actually have to just, you train on whatever you see kind of out there. So it's scary Mm -hmm. to kind of go back because whenever you have that kind of mental break, you want to be on soft equipment (laughs) and safe equipment to make sure that you gain the confidence back. So I can, it's definitely very scary. Goodness gracious. Well, that makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that. So I was like, I can't sit here with you and not ask you what that means. Um, okay. So from the transition from gymnastics to TikTok, like what led to this like shift? Like how did you know like TikTok was what I wanted to do or is this something that kind of fell into your lap? Like what was the transition like for you? Yeah. So I 
Um, immediately after I, I retired from gymnastics, I went on to perform in a show and I was a hoster and dancer and singer. And I was like having the time of my life. And then afterwards I signed up for a lot of acting lessons, um, just to continue, uh, pursuing that dream. And I was doing a lot of like singing lessons again. And, um, during right before COVID, I had actually signed with an agency and I was like, yes, I'm on the right track. I'm doing auditions, you know, I'm doing a little bit of film. And then when COVID hit, all the auditions stopped and you know that kind of part of my life was on hold and so I actually went back home to Canada and my mom's like you need to come home now like we have to be together so I ended up going back home packed up all my stuff and then I just had a lot of free time (laughs) and everyone was talking about TikTok I tried TikTok before and I'm like I do not understand this app whatsoever I felt super (laughs) old and I was like I don't get it but then during that time there was a lot of dances and the dances to me were so fun. And then I found out TikTok was so easy to use. You just like play the sound and then you record, save it in your drafts. And it was like almost like an editor's dream (laughs) in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I ended up just playing around on TikTok and a lot of my platforms were gymnastics based. So my Instagram, my YouTube channel was everything gymnastics. And so TikTok for me was something that was just for me. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun with this. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Like it could be workouts, dances, singing, whatever. And I didn't tell anyone I was on TikTok. (laughs) So it was really just for me to have fun and play around with. And then after I think like four months of like consistently posting, I hit a hundred K and it was insane. It took me like three months to hit 10,000. So like you can imagine I was posting every single day just for fun. And then (laughs) I hit 10 K and I was like, okay, you know, like we're getting somewhere, but wasn't paying too much attention to it. And then I saw these transition videos and I'm like, this is so cool. Cause I was really into, um, there's this one guy on Instagram and his name is blanking me, but I think it's Zach, but he does a lot of, uh, like magic videos and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And I love magic videos and I found out he did everything on Final Cut Pro. So I was like, oh, let me try and edit these transition videos and do these things. And that's when my TikTok started going like viral and I was getting a lot of traction. And it was crazy because I was incorporating some gymnastics stuff because I could still flip and um, do handstands and splits. And people were like, oh, my God, you can flip. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like they don't know I was a gymnast. It's crazy because like my whole entire life, my identity has been gymnastics. And I think if you ask any gymnast, it's so hard to get out of that box of just saying like, yeah. I'm a gymnast. And now it was really cool because it's like, I'm not only a gymnast, I'm paying the person who's, mm-hmm. you know, being recognized for these other things I'm interested in currently. So TikTok kind of just fell on my lap in a way. And I was, I wasn't in a sense necessarily being like, I need to grow this. I want to get on TikTok. It was more just for fun and for me to explore what I like. And it was cool that other people were um, having fun with me while I was having fun on the app. <laughs> yeah. And it's so cool. It's like a creative outlet. It was. Yeah. 100%. yeah I love what you said about like your identity being in, in gymnastics. And this was kind of like the arena for you to be yourself because I totally relate to that. And I think a lot of people do of like, even if it's not like you were an athlete or you were like a dancer, or any or like a musician, mm-hmm. even if you just like have a certain role in your job, I feel like you can identify yes. what your almost like worth is what your thing is. Yes. <laughs> so it's really cool to have like something to literally show you, oh, I can just be myself and people like that. And that's really cool. So I love that. Yeah, because it's hard. We were able to use the app for that. Yeah, and it's hard when, especially say when I retired, that was my whole identity. Uh-huh. And then when I'm done with it and you're not doing it anymore, 
it's really difficult. It's a difficult pill to swallow just because you're like, oh, I want to put out that stuff, but I can't, like, I physically can't do it anymore. And it, yeah. then that's when it also becomes difficult because like any, like a dancer or say if you're in a work environment and you've been in that one position forever, you're seen at that one position and it's, you know, you're trying to say, I can do more than that position. Too. Yeah. Did it ever take like convincing yourself of that? Or is it, was it once the following came and like the videos went out that it just clicked. Oh no. I, I went on a whole emotional roller coaster of, I found like, I had like anxiety. I was sad. I was happy. It was, it was weird. And it took me, Mm -hmm. I think about two years, two to three years after I graduated um, college. And even if you're not an athlete, just any college student or anyone who's been doing something for so long, you get into this routine And when you get thrown into something else, it's really difficult to kind of figure out a life balance again. And for me, I had so much, you know, mental strain, just reminding myself that this is what I want to do. But at the same time, like, it's okay to work from bottom up again. Like I Mm -hmm. was at the top of my game in gymnastics for so long. And to me, I'm like, oh, I have to be here. Like, and you know, I don't know. For me, it was like that athlete mentality of, if you're not working hard enough, you're not going to get there. Like, I don't believe in myself as much. Like I'm not working hard enough. And I was working really hard, but I had to remind myself, you know, it's a little bit of timing, a little bit of luck. And if I, it's all baby steps. And I had to be proud of myself every single day for just little things that I did. It could have just been like signing up for an acting class. Like that's totally out of my comfort zone. I've never been like on set before. And the first time I was on set, I had to cut myself some slack. So I'm like, okay, this is my first, very first time. Like it's Mm -hmm. okay to make mistakes. And I think I was at a point in my, even college too, like college and gymnastics where mistakes were not even a question anymore. It was like, I knew it. I know how to, if I do make a mistake, I know how to fix it. But in the real world, if you make a mistake, I was like, oh my God, how do I fix it? Like I was was so stressed. But now after, um, TikTok and the social media and me, you know, getting back into acting and singing, I've kind of found my groove in the sense of it's everything is work in progress. Like I'm learning every single day and I'm taking all the information and what I'm learning. And again, just having fun with it. And I need to cut myself some slack. Like that was a big thing. I was putting so much pressure on myself that I'm like, I'm not where I want to be. Where, when am I going to get there? Who am I going to work with? Like it, it was definitely a struggle. I will say. I totally relate to that. I think a lot of people do because you expect so much of yourself for you have your whole life. And then so you want to apply that same exact like technique to any other thing that yes. you do. So it's really hard when you're not like an overnight success or like feel like you know everything yeah. be- just because like you're used to that. But I love that grace you're kind of giving yourself now because, yeah, we don't have to be like, experts at every single thing that we do. It's an it's okay to make mistakes yeah. and kind of get there, which I love. What I learned at UCLA is that there's no such thing as being perfect. Even though we were striving for a perfect 10, our coach used to always say, there's no such thing as perfect. Like no one's perfect, um, but you, but the feeling is perfect. So when you do an amazing routine, it's like the best routine you could do that day then that's when you feel like a perfect 10. And so everything I'm trying to do is like, okay, that's why I'm saying like, I want to be happy with what I'm doing because I want to feel like I did such a good job for myself that day. Mm -hmm. 
which is going to be different every day, which is 100%. Every day is so different. Some days a perfect 10 is like laying on the couch watching Netflix, but another day is like something different. Yes, this is very, very true. With content creation, do you feel now more pressure being in this higher position as you will? Like all these people with eyes on you, do you feel like a pressure of that? Or how do you continue to show up for this huge community? Like how do you show up every day for this following that you built essentially? It's interesting because I'm still navigating through it. So I'm still trying Mm -hmm. to figure it out. Um, I don't think there's always a right answer for everything, but there's sometimes I feel pressure um, sometimes to make sure I keep creating content or come up with really inspiring things or something unique and different. And I totally go through, it's almost like a writer's block. I go through creation blocks and sometimes mm-hmm. my friends will hear this, but sometimes I'll literally just sit there. I'm like, I have no inspiration. I don't know what to create. And they come uh-huh. in spurts. So if I see something, sometimes I can create like 10 videos off this one thing. And other times I see things and I just don't have anything to put out. But I think for me, my rule of thumb is I don't try to go like more than four days without not posting. So I give myself some slack. Like I, I'm not like I have to post every single day because I I need to balance everything. And I've realized that everything is a balance. And even with mm-hmm. when the bigger following comes up, I still want to make sure everything's balanced so that when I do put out things again, it's I'm happy about it. I'm not just half putting in the effort because I think. I want to st- like still have my followers have fun with me. And if I'm not having fun, then the page just won't be fun. <laughs> so again, I try not to put too much pressure on myself, but I 100% feel it sometimes. And um, I just want to make sure that, you know, everyone's happy on my page. I just want to have like, just everyone when they see it, just like it just brightens their day a little bit. <laughs> I love it. All your penguins. Yeah, my penguins. <laughs> I love it. Because it seems like with TikTok coming out and all of these, social media is definitely not going anywhere as far as yes. what I've seen. With all of the growth that people have experienced, what has changed, I guess, in your life and like what kind of doors has social media opened for you? Mm-hmm. And would you recommend it to someone else out there who was like, maybe I want to start a TikTok, like maybe I want to grow a following, yeah. but like, why do I need that? Like, what would you say to someone like that who's like curious about it, but like not sure if it's like worth all the right. energy or like anything like that? I've had so many conversations like this recently because I actually got on YouTube. Um, well, I was on Instagram first just for fun. And then YouTube was kind of one of the main content sources that I was like, I want to create content. I want to put myself out there. And the big thing about YouTube for me was the dislike button. (laughs) I was so scared of the dislike button because again, I was one of those people who wanted to be liked when I was younger. I didn't want to be disliked, but I, when I was younger, I wanted to go into broadcasting and hosting. And Mm -hmm. I remember this one uh, person who I met at UCLA, he said, well, why don't you, you should get on all platforms because that's like your resume. Cause I didn't have time to do any hosting internships or I wasn't like eight. I didn't have the time to go work somewhere like while I was a student athlete. So for me, the social media was kind of like my online resume of like, Hey, look what I can do. And maybe it'll catch the eyes of somebody. And it also gets me practicing. So mm-hmm. I totally agree that if social media is one of those things you like, then totally do it because it's a great way to put yourself out there and maybe open doors that you weren't able to open before. Like I, it's opened so many doors for me, just being on TikTok and social media. And it's really cool because I'm doing things now that I really enjoy currently. And I'm getting recognized for like singing, acting and um, hosting and all these things I'm doing on TikTok. But I was also mentally ready for heat. 
Like, I don't think I could have done it when I was younger. Cause I think I would have taken everything very personally and I wouldn't have been ready to get on social media like that when I was younger. Now I feel like I'm older. I can handle it. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> when I'm coming from athletics, like <laughs> I feel like you can handle a lot of things, Yeah, but you at almost the same, broke your back, but <laughs> right. But at the same time, I've had talked to people who don't want to get on social media, but they still want to, you know, grow. And I I'm just thinking in my head, don't go on it. If you hate it, <laughs> because then you're going to drag your feet every single day. It's going to be so hard for you. Um, it's actually probably going to be a more mental strain than you think. And you could put that mentality somewhere else that'll help you grow in another way. There's so many ways now, which is awesome that someone can get recognized or someone can grow. And it's so awesome because there's no one answer now. It's not linear of like submitting your resume and giving your headshots. It's like people are getting discovered everywhere. So I just think social media is a great way to have an online resume in a sense. Like if you want to go pursue something, then it's a nice way to just showcase what you got. But if you hate it, (laughs) then I don't recommend it because it's going to be just a whole mental struggle if you get on it. And again, there are other totally other ways of connecting to people. And email is also a nice, like, even though it's (laughs) almost forgotten, (laughs) it's nice. It's still a nice way to connect and meet people. (laughs) I like that you reframe that because it it is, that's very true. Like, I just remember going to auditions and they'd be like, okay, what's your social media handle? Or like, it's just like a thing now, but- but I like that, like, if someone's like, oh, I want to start a, like, I don't know, like a makeup school and they don't know how to start, they just want to do makeup. But then if people went and saw, like, their page, I don't know. Yes. But it's like a way to show your work essentially yeah. and to get more eyes on it. What would you say is like a common misconception of social media? I think a common misconception, I honestly think sometimes influencer has a negative connotation. And I don't really, I use content creator because. I find when, especially nowadays, people look at influencers as self-absorbed and there's all about themselves and they just want to promote themselves and just kind of are attention seekers. And for me, I find content creating, I come from a very business background and I find content creating as like a fun outlet to share my creativity instead of, you know, being like, oh, look at me, look what I'm doing. And I think I get caught up in that too, though, because when I see other people, I'm like, wow, look what they're doing. Like, they're so pretty. And it's it's hard not to compare yourself on social media. But at the same time, it's a big common misconception that these people are just very self-absorbed. And I met a lot of really cool people who are so warm and so welcoming. And again, I'm new to this whole scene. I grew up in athletics, so I knew a lot of athletes and their mentality. But this world is a little different to me. And it's really cool to see that they're just, they're as welcoming, they're real people. They're kind of, they went through the same, like start at the bottom. Now we're here (laughs) and same mentality. So it's cool to talk to them about how they got there. And, you know, some people don't care as much about their following in the sense where it's not their whole world and some people do. So it's, it's a very interesting world out there um, in the sense of that can just become such a negative connotation that it's so self-absorbed. But I've met so many people that this is their craft. They just love it so much. They just want to share it and they get inspired by working with other people. And it's kind of creating a nice little community at the same time. Yeah. It can be like fully like art piece for people too. Like there's so much to it. Um, So yeah, I like that you shared that because I, I agree. I think especially lately, influencers definitely gotten a very like bad rap. 
But I mean, I love learning stuff from people and like seeing interesting mm-hmm. things about their lives. I think it's just a matter of like noticing when it's affecting you and yes. like taking breaks from it if it is. Like if you're going online and seeing those people and like getting super jealous or like negative about it, like maybe that's something that you might need a break from or just like look at why that could be creating those feelings within right. you. Right. It's definitely going to be telling. Yeah, 100. What would you say are some like best practices for if you're interested in TikTok or anything like social media wise, like for growth and some of your favorite tools to utilize? I would say it's funny because I think I'm still trying to figure it out. I, my brother's trying to get on social media and it's so funny because I was like, oh my gosh, welcome to the dark side. <laughs> but right. um, I was trying to tell him, he was asking me like consistency and like how much should I be posting? And I don't think there's a right answer. I just think honestly, kind of see what's trending and kind of keep up with like trending sounds and trending um, dances or anything that's kind of in your realm. But say if it's a dance and this dance is going viral, you can use that sound and say, oh, I want to showcase my nails or like whatever you're doing. I think that's kind of where I was getting into like seeing the trends and hopping on the trend, but with my own twist. Kind of like the stock market, I guess. (laughs) Like if you see a stock going up, then you kind of hop on the train of the stocks and you kind of put in your own amount of what you want to put in. So that's kind of my best advice to someone who's getting on social media. Look at the trends that are happening. Look at what other people are doing and um, see what can inspire you to kind of add your own twist to it or Maybe you liked someone's video, but you can't dance, but you're like, oh, but maybe I could sing the words or something, or maybe I can do an acting thing. And it's adding your own flair to it and it gets your creative mind going and it gets you in the pool of what's trending right now. So that's my best mm. advice. Very helpful. Yeah. Cause it can, it can be hard too. Cause it's always shifting and changing. Oh yeah. But- <laughs> I think that can be overwhelming for people. I know it's been overwhelming for me, but when you're just like, how can I make that me essentially? Like, how can I make this thing more me? Which is really cool. A couple more questions before I let you go. You are very good about like expanding your brand and like trying new outlets in life and like knowing when to shift and change directions from what I've gathered. What would you say to someone who's like, wants to try something new or do a new thing? Like you're starting this singing career, which I sounds amazing. You're a beautiful singer. Oh, so like, you. what do you say to that person's like interested in this thing, but it's like scared to take that shift or like change up their career? Like, mm-hmm. what would you recommend to someone like that? Well, I would first tell them you're not alone. Every I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified. I was terrified of switching directions. You know, you, you're scared of getting judged. The world's so big now. Comment sections are so big, but at the same time, if it's something that you really wanted to do, there's no regret in doing it. Then you'll have no regrets. And At the same time, when I have so many interests and I've been told before, like, you need to stick to one thing. You need to only pick one thing and put your energy towards it. But for me personally, when I only focus on one thing, I get so stressed and absorbed. So if that one thing is going wrong, I don't have anything to back it up (laughs) or any other interests to let, let my mind kind of just relax and have fun again. And So for me, I got really good advice from my team and they just said, you know, let's, you you ride the wave of what's happening right now. And so if there's one door that's opening, you know, it's okay to go through that door, but still have the other doors in mind that you want to do. So right now, you know, TikTok was one of those things that really just kind of blew up all of a sudden and it wasn't my intention, but at the same time, it's awesome because that's opening doors for other things. Maybe social media wasn't my first choice just to go into because it kind of just happened. 
but it's opening the doors for other things that I can explore. So I would never say that if you're going one direction, it closes the door in another direction. I would say Mm -hmm. like with gymnastics, you can kind of look at it, you know, I'm done with it now. Like you could say, well, why did I even do it? Like if it's not really pushing my life forward, but at the same time, you can say, no, gymnastics really taught me a lot. It opened the doors for me to meet new people. And maybe you wouldn't have met that person if that, if you didn't go in that direction. So never, I would say just have an open mind. That's a very big um, advice that I have is just be open-minded because you might think like, I, ha- I only want to do this one thing. That's it. Nothing else. But if you're open-minded to other things, maybe that'll help you get to where you want to be in that direction you initially wanted to go into. Makes sense. I was like, you know, that made sense. I was with (laughs) you on the journey. Um, Yeah, because you can think like, oh, well, if I take this shift, then I like that you said that doesn't mean the door closes. And sometimes it's like a window you're going through, but you're going to learn so much in that window and then it's going to maybe take you to the next thing or it doesn't. And I think it's nice that you're not like fully, it seems like you're not putting a ton of pressure on that one channel that you're in. I like that you're staying open. And I think that's a great uh, way for people to see maybe like just trying new things differently. Cause I think it'd be so scary when you're like, I want to do this thing and I don't know how to get there, yes. but maybe it's just like taking one step in, a, in towards that direction and seeing where that yeah. is. And the, and the one step could literally just be Googling like this acting classes 101 where mm-hmm. to start or just, yeah. I always find that first step is the hardest step. It could just be like creating the account of like TikTok or posting your first video. Like the first step is always so scary but then once you realize like, yeah, okay, it's not that bad. Like, um, you know, we're working baby steps. And I think the greatest thing is to be gracious to yourself too. And really celebrate the little moments. That's, that's what I like to do. Just be like, yes, I signed up for an acting class. <laughs> like, like a celebratory great. moment. We need those. Yeah. Right? Like, it's too hard to not celebrate the little things. It is. Um, Ping, I'm going to ask you like a couple more final questions yes. and that is it. They're super simple. Um, thank you so much for this. I'll say the first question is like any time that you might have overshared something since this pod- since this podcast is about sharing, like overshared maybe like on social media or just with like friends or something that you would maybe like shift or change or do differently. Ooh, that's interesting. I think I don't feel like I have overshared anything. The one reason is because I might've felt pressured to have shared things, but at the same time, I've learned that I, whatever I post, I have to be like a hundred percent about because whether you get backlash or anything positive or negative, you have to be a hundred percent. Like I've made that choice. And there's some things where I felt pressured to put out and to say certain things, but at the same time, if I'm not ready to do it, then I might not have displayed or portrayed what I wanted to say in the best way possible. So I think it's okay for me to take my time sometimes with social media because um, it has gotten a lot bigger than it was before. And I can't just like, you know, tweet whatever, or I don't even tweet, but (laughs) I can't just like say whatever anymore. So um, at the same time, I want to make sure that the effort that I put in is again, 100% because I feel like I owe that to my followers or people who are just reading it, that this is how I felt. And I've put so much thought about it, especially when it's one of those things that you might feel pressured to say something, or you might feel the pressure to um, hop in on this trend, or I don't know, it's just something if there's a lot of pressure, but um, oh my God, is that a dog? Sorry. I got distracted. Yeah, she's going insane so back there. Sorry. I was like, she's doing like a circus I know, performance so back cute. here. Yeah, that's my but um, at the same time, like 
you just need to make sure that you feel comfortable with what you're putting out there because it is a scary world. Once it's out there, it's out there. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great thing to be cognizant of because like, I don't think that's the word. Yeah. Cognizant of because like, yeah, once you press send, it's there. Even if it's like you delete it, like it's always there. So just being like aware of that, but also not like holding yourself back completely from like never yes. posting, just being conscious. Right. Of, could you stand behind that post decision? Anything? I think that's a very good point to have. Um, two more questions. What would you say was like one last piece of advice that you could share with us? Like, and it could be related to what you do or what we've talked about or something just completely. My different. one advice is to be aware. And that, that sounds really like scary. <laughs> no, be aware of what makes you happy. Because I think especially when I was younger, I wasn't really aware of my mental space because, you know, I was going gymnastics and then school. And then I didn't really have time to think about my mental uh, health. And if I was sad, I was really sad. And if I was like happy, I was really happy, but I didn't, I couldn't comprehend it at the time. And now that I'm older, I can kind of say, you know what, just be aware of what makes you happy, what aware of, you know, what situations you are uncomfortable with and maybe almost like self-reflecting, I guess. And that's something I learned over quarantine. I hate being by myself. I do not like being by myself. I'm a very extroverted person. I do not like being at home. (laughs) I was forced to learn a lot about myself during quarantine. And it was one of those things where I could self-reflect and really understand that music made me so happy. So when I was really upset, I had an outlet to kind of get all my emotions out and really do something for me that can kind of lift my spirit by myself. And that's one thing that when I tell people, cause during hard times, it's hard to have that outlet to figure out what makes you happy in that moment. And I think that's when I say, be aware of, you know, maybe something that you do, it's like, it could be little, it's like, oh, this makes me so happy. So then if you go through a really tough time, you can be like, oh, maybe I should do this just to kind of lift, like lift my spirit up a little bit again. And, um, but never bandage anything either. So always go through the motions, go through, like say everything that you want to say and, um, you know, have those people you feel comfortable talking to get it all out and don't never bandage anything. I think that's the, the key is to be aware of what makes you happy and to make sure that you get, you know, make the scar or whatever heal fully before you move on. Hmm. Yeah, I think self-awareness is so huge and like knowing what you need so that you can show up every day and figure out like what that thing is. So if it goes away, like you can like figure out how to bring yourself back to you, which is hard. It's hard to find. It takes a really long time. time. It definitely, it might be a lifelong thing that you're figuring out, but yeah, we'll get there. Last Mm -hmm. question, since you have this community, what do you want to be known for? What do you want them to feel when they like maybe come to your page or like when they take in your content or when you, anything that you do, like what do you want your community to feel? Honestly, it sounds so cheesy. I just want everyone to be happy. (laughs) Like I just want people to come to my page and feel like they're inspired or feel like they're kind of having fun with me. Like if I could meet all my fans, I would 100%. Like I remember going into the gymnastics gym and us competing and we got to see like the little gymnasts and, you know, we got to talk to them. And it was so fun to me, like just connecting with the people who are actually supporting you. And I just want people to feel like they're in a really fun community. And which is why I love calling them my penguins. Cause it's like, you know, penguins are like, they come in marches and they're like in a huge pack, but they're all there for one another when it's cold. Like they kind of all warm each other up. So I love that because 
it's kind of like how I want my community to feel that we can all like back each other up in the sense of make each other like happy on those really hard days. And um, I just want people to come to my page and just be enlightened by what I'm posting and make it a little bright part of their day. <laughs> I love that. I think that's exactly what you do. So you're off Thank to the you. right start. <laughs> Peng, where can everyone find you, follow you, what you have coming out next, all that good stuff. Yes, you can find me on all social media platforms um, at Peng Peng Sealy. So my last name is not Klee. <laughs> a, a lot of people recently are like, oh, it's Peng Peng Klee. I'm like, no, it's not Klee, it's Sealy because <laughs> there was another Peng Peng Lee. So I had a, I put C in there for my first name in, in the handle. <laughs> Peng Peng Sealy on all social media platforms. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Love it. Multitasker. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was great. Yes. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me.